Good morning. Um, I put in a bio, but that last part, I didn't put that in, so thank you. Um, it's so nice to be with you guys today. Thank you. I'm, I'm really honored um, and very humbled. Um, so, as Leah said, my name is Francella. I'm in my third year of psychology here at Tyndale, and I have a makeup exam tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to need everyone to take out your cell phones and take a picture of me up here, because if I do not do well, I can say that I was preparing for chapel, and it is not my fault. And you can even take pictures of me doing this. You can take a selfie of yourself crying, you know, because of how great the message was. And uh, Mr. Nelson, if you wouldn't mind backing me up, I'd really appreciate it. Um, the, 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 uh, the, the talk that I, w- I wanted to have with you today is a message that's been on my heart quite a bit. It's about being in a season of disappointment. And I'm really hoping that this, isn't, this talk isn't a downer, but one that's lifted up, but also very real. And when we were talking about being in a season of disappointment, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to reflect on not necessarily how we act and who we are in a season of disappointment, but who God is in that season for us and how we view him. I think that the way we speak to him, the way that we pray to him, the way that we feel about him in this season is really going to direct and indicate how we get through the season, a disappointment. So let's go over the definition of disappointment. Everyone has their own. This is what Google gave me. Uh, Sad or displeased because someone or something has failed to fulfill one's hope or expectation. Um, Like I said, I'm not gonna tell you how to deal with disappointment. I'm the last person in the world to do that. Um, Everyone deals with it differently. One person to the other, everyone goes through it differently. Even yourself from one situation to another, you're gonna process differently. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you didn't process it different, uh, um, correctly. Um, but I do want to start off with not who you are in disappointment, but who God is in our disappointment. And how about we start off with who he is not, how he is not in that season. And Rainer, if I can ask you to put up the first slide. He is not a vending machine. This is one of ours, by the way. Um, I don't know what your relationship is with the vending machines in the school. uh, Some of you might not have a relationship at all. Some of you might have too good of a relationship with these guys. Um, Some of you might have a a very love-hate relationship. But nonetheless, this is not who our Lord is. But maybe sometimes we'll get so disappointed, um, we'll get so frustrated that this is how we view him in our times of difficulty. You know, it's a very shallow kind of an interaction, a shallow relationship. Well, you're very clear about what you can give me and you're very clear about what you need from me in order to get that. So that's a very short-lived contract. How about I give you some money, you give me some treats and a nice sugar high and I'd be out of my way. Um, And it's very easy to get mad at a vending machine, isn't it? There's just no relationship there. It's, it's, you have one job, <laughs> and if you fail at it, 
I'm, you know, I might kick you, um, I might uh, shake you a little bit, or definitely, you know, call your supervisor and say that you are just not doing what it is you're supposed to do. But ultimately, you promised me this or that, and you failed me. It's so easy to get angry at one, at something like this. But <clears throat> we do have a Lord and Savior who is more than that. He has many different names. And depending on the season that we're in, we will call him by his name. He's many things to all of us. If you're in a particular season, you might call him Lord God Almighty. You might call him the Alpha and the Omega, the everlasting God. The great I am. You are the resurrected one. These are very powerful titles and that's who he is. You are the one who is high and lifted up. You know, I think, I think one of the most stunning word pictures painted for me in the scriptures is when Isaiah had his great experience. And he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and he was high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one with six wings. Two covered his face, two covered his feet. And two with he flew and he cried out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken and the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Isn't he magnificent? Isn't he absolutely wondrous? You're a God of miracles, God. You are the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. You are the one who gave the blind man sight. You are the one who healed the paralytic, the paralytic man. There are times, though, when our incredibly grand and victorious and beautiful God, victorious God, might seem kind of hard to reach and distant or you're in a season of defeat. And so, when I am in a season of defeat or disappointment, the name that I want to call on is the other side of him, and that's the man of sorrows. And Rainer, if you wouldn't mind putting up that. And this, of course, is a, I'm a very visual person. So this is a scene of the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the movie, um, The Passion of the Christ, such a beautiful, beautiful film. And, you know, in the scriptures, it talks about how he was in agony in this place. His sweat became like drops of blood. It's very hard to be angry at this person, is it not? As somebody who understands suffering and somebody who understands how hard it is to be faithful or to be strong when, when something really heavy is weighing you down, when you're scared. This is the one that I want in my time of need, in my hardest times. I learned very recently what the word compassion means. Um, the Latin, the root word of, of, of the word compassion, C-O-M, come means with and passion means suffer. And 
who can claim that their God is not only victorious and lifts them up, but will actually come down and suffer with them? How sweet is he, that he will suffer with me. I think about um, the story in Luke, uh, I believe it's Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17, and there is a, a procession happening, and there's a procession of life and death that starts to intersect. And the one procession is of the widow of Nain, Nain, and she is, of course, a widow, so we've already got one title for her. And then she is in a procession, a death procession, of her son in his coffin, and now this woman is very all alone, and there's no word. She doesn't, really, she doesn't speak any words in this passage what words could you speak? And then intersects, intersecting with this, this, this procession of death is this procession of life. Here comes our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and they meet. And I really, I want to read that passage. It's verses 11, Luke 7 verses 11 to 17. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll go through, we'll rush through that passage, we'll rush through that story. We don't really want to stop at verse 11 where it says, sorry, at verse 13, when he saw her, he had compassion on her. We don't want to stop there. No, because we know what's coming next. There's going to be something great and magnificent that's coming next. How about we just keep on reading? Okay, and then how about we just keep on reading? Verse 14, then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. Some of us are still at verse 11. In a time of disappointment, you're still at verse 11. And the Lord had compassion on her. And that's the beauty of our Lord is that he will stop. And before he says, I'm going to do this thing for you, he'll say, but let me come and sit with you first. Let me carry your suffering with you first. Let me bear it for you. Let me bear that burden with you. That's a friend that I want in my time of need. Very hard to be angry at one like that. Speaking of widows, I would like to bring up a really beautiful painting, Rainer, if you wouldn't mind. Of um, This is a painting done in 1876 by uh, a painter, a French painter named William Adolphe Bourgerot. I hope I'm saying that right. Just do this, and it sounds, you know, like official. Um, and this is not a biblical account, but my goodness, when I first saw this painting, I was mesmerized. I just couldn't stop staring at it. And of course, this is... Um, not a biblical account, a scene of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ after being taken down from the cross and his mother is holding him and then surrounding them are the angels just staring and, and so sad 
and she's crying. If you zoomed in on her face, you see tears running down her eyes. If you zoom in on the angels, of course, they're in great despair. We do know that, of course, Mary held her son when he was born and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and she was there. Her sister Mary, wife of Clopas, was there. Mary Magdalene was there. Can you imagine that she wouldn't have held her son at some point? But of course, they take um, uh, artistic liberties, but the whole point is that disappointment on her face is, is probably, the least, probably the, the least of what she's feeling. But disappointment in that, but I know who you are, son, and I know what you've promised me, and I know what you can do. What is this? This doesn't, this doesn't match up to who you are. What is this? The thing that I love so much about this painting is that though perhaps a dream is dead, perhaps her she maybe even feel like God has left her. She's, she's carrying this dead body that had so much life in it. She's not letting go. She will not let go. She didn't let go. It seemed hopeless. It seemed dead. But shouldn't she just keep going to the tomb and to anoint his body? She won't let go. And I think that's what I just want to encourage us um, if you are experiencing this season. Um, or if you know someone who's experiencing this season, don't let go. It may seem that he's gone, he's coming back. Um, just do not let go of who you know, of who he is. And I think my time is, ooh, one minute left to go. Um, so uh, I hope this word was edifying. And... Um, I would like to just pray for us before we close. My sweet Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my man of sorrows, my beautiful and wonderful, compassionate one, can we just sit in your presence for a minute? Can we just bask in your glory for a minute? Can we just feel you holding our hands and wrapping your arms around us for a minute? Can we just get quiet enough to hear you say, it hurts me too. Give us peace and give us stillness in the midst of difficult seasons. You don't let go of us. Help us continue to hold on to you. You're just so wonderful. You're just so good, and you're sweet. I pray for everyone as we leave this chapel today that you be with every single person in their victories and in their defeats, and you shine your light with and through them despite our circumstances. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name, amen. I pray that you go in peace. Thank you.